The sharp, rusty piece of metal stopped, inches from the muscular dark elf's throat. Grayson stood above Deshek, the leader of the Wandering Hearts, who was on his knees in defeat. He had been tailing the roaming caravan of Wandering Hearts for what he calculated to be several weeks, although it was difficult to determine an accurate passage of time in the Underdark. It had been so long since he had seen the faces of his friends, his sister, his niece. Eleven months ago, Daruk Darksilver tried to have my family killed. I know she wasn't working alone. Who was helping her? But the Dark Elf didn't cower. He was sitting up, tall and proudly, looking at, or maybe past, Grayson. The Dark Silvers were a nasty, ruthless clan. It's most likely that they worked on their own. That's not good enough. You'll get nothing more from me, murderer. Around the two was a camp of three tents and a small fire. Seven or eight dark elves lay dead on the ground, lit only by magical crystals scattered in the earth. Looking up into the sky revealed only blackness. Grayson knew there was a ceiling there, somewhere, but it looked as if it stretched on forever. You imagine an enemy where there is none. Now do what you do, lest you create another. Deshek leaned forwards, towards the rusted metal, unblinking and staring directly into Grayson's eyes. Without a word... Grayson rose at high above his head. I die with honor. You will live without it. May you burn in the deepest fathoms of the ace! Deshek's head hit the ground, rolling a few inches from his body, before it, too, collapsed. Grayson sheathed the bloody metal and left the camp without a sound. It had been several months since he left all his friends. He remembered the night he left, and how quickly he had come to regret it. He remembered what he said to Cyril that night. I don't understand, Grayson. This is just something I have to do, Cyril. I need you to watch over my family. Can can you do that for me, buddy? Cyril looked at him with heavy, sad eyes. After a moment of contemplation, he answered. Yeah, but promise me something. Come back in one piece, okay? Grayson nodded, putting his hand on Cyril's shoulder. He hadn't told him what he was really doing. He wouldn't have understood. After a knowing look towards Cecil and Bendel, he headed off into the darkness, while Vaness, Gracie, and the others slept soundly by a small campfire, the last sun propped up against a nearby tree. He didn't know what they had thought of him after he had gone. He expected that Gracie probably hated him. But that was okay. Better for her to be safe and hate him. Better in the long run. At least she would live and grow up to be able to hate him. She'd be able to hate him in a world free of dark elves, if he had his way. After a bout of uneasy sleep, Grayson pressed on, choosing a direction at random. They all looked the same, anyway. Nothing but glittering rocks in the ground, the occasional glowing mushroom, and elusive withered trees as far as the eye could see. After a few hours of walking, Grayson arrived at a small wooden outpost, with a sign above it reading something in Elvish he couldn't quite make out. He knew a little Elvish from reluctantly spending many childhood evenings with Drain and Daruk. 
but that had been a lifetime ago. He was rusty. In front of the outpost sat a small carriage. Tied to it was a little mallow dog, only slightly bigger than one of the carriage's wheels. As Grayson approached, it whimpered and whined, unable to hide under the carriage. Upon closer inspection, Grayson saw that someone had taken a bite out of the mallow dog. His back was missing a large chunk, only sticky white fluff poking out of his bright body. Who did this to you? Grayson stuck out his hand to pet the dog, but it maneuvered its head away, still whining. It's okay, buddy. Hold on a second. Grayson reached into his pack, pulling out a strip of some animal meat that he found at the Wandering Hearts campsite the previous night, along with a large bandage. He offered the meat to the dog, who quickly and vigorously snatched it from his hands. As it ate, Grayson wet the large bandage and applied it to his wound. It yelped a little, but quickly resumed eating. That's a good boy. After finishing its food, it turned to Grayson and sniffed his hands. That's all I've got. I'm sorry. Grayson looked inside the window, seeing a gruff dwarf talking to an old woman at a counter. Is that guy in there your owner? The dog whimpered sadly. Grayson bent down and cut through the dog's ropes with his dagger before returning it to his side. The mallow dog ran happily in circles for a moment before skittering off into the wilderness. Grayson smiled dimly at the pup as it ran away. It reminded him of Gabe. He had gotten Gabe on his 16th birthday. All of the Abernathy boys, when they came of age, were given aether animals, magical creatures with whom they were psychically linked. The two had been inseparable since he turned 16. But right before his 20th birthday, Gabe had become deathly ill. After being informed by Drain Darksilver that Gabe had befallen a terrible curse with no known cure, Grayson fled to the High Realm in search of one to his father's disgust. He still sensed Gabe. That meant that he was still alive, out there somewhere. He hoped that Wiz Williams had gotten the message to Petite to take care of him. He suspected that he had, but there was no way to know for sure. Grayson entered the shop as the dwarf exited. As he approached the counter, he heard an angry yelling from outside. An old lady stood behind the counter, looking him up and down. Well, you're certainly out of your element here. What can I do for you? Grayson removed his sack from his bag and emptied it onto the counter. Hundreds of silver coins came tumbling out, all of the money that he had stolen from the last campsite. I need to know where the nearest drow campsite is. Well, the wandering hearts move around a bit, but last I heard... Not the wandering hearts. A different one. The old woman looked at him with a slight grin on her face. So you're the one who's been cleaning them out, are you? You're scrawnier than I expected. The woman wore a devilish smile as she spoke, as if she found Grayson incredibly amusing. I... I, I don't know what you're talking Nonsense, about. Nonsense, boy! The Demon Brand Clan is about five miles west! They don't move around nearly as much as the Wandering Hearts does. Uh, did. The wrinkled old woman laughed softly. You don't seem too broken up about it. I never did like those drow. Menaces! The whole lot of them, I say! But... The old woman leaned in closely to Grayson. If you leave enough bodies between you and where you're headed, people will eventually take notice, boy. She leaned back and cackled with delight. Grayson stared into her deep, sunken eyes. Good. Grayson sat in the courtyard of Stormvale Castle, staring out towards a clearing in the forest. They're coming! Let me down, pops! 
Findle lowered Grayson off of his shoulders, and they both watched as Abel Abernathy, clad in all golden armor, strode in front of his 16-year-old son, Garen. Trailing behind Garen was a small foal, almost tripping over itself as it adjusted to its new legs. Abel walked briskly by, without a glance at Grayson, and Bindle followed him into the castle, leaving the two boys in the courtyard. Wow! Yeah, isn't she beautiful? Her name's Lucy. Counting Vander's lion, Michael. Dio's elephant, Rem. And Greyflo's squid, Raph. Garen's horse made the fourth Aether animal. Grayson was just as amazed every single time he met a new one. Do you want to pet her? Grayson nodded nervously. Go ahead, she's nice. Grayson stuck his slightly trembling hand out. To his surprise, Lucy licked it and pushed her broad nose into it affectionately. She's so soft. Garen pet Lucy on the head as he told Grayson about the summoning ritual, which called the animal from the Aether itself. It was said that the Aether animals were imbued with power from the most important animals of legend, like Valiford the Great's mighty saber-toothed tiger, or Toro Umbris's clever serpent, Jormungandr. But Grayson thought that Lucy seemed far too kind to house the soul of some old war animal. Wow, I can't wait to have my own animal. Someday. Take good care of it when you do. I can already feel Lucy, up in my head. We're going to be best friends. Grayson, after a few hours, found the Demon Brand camp, and set up his own camp a little ways away. A couple of dark elves were playing instruments by the fire as the others watched. He heard the others jovially yelling to play a certain song to which they obliged. He caught the names of two of the musicians, Ashla and Lagos. He couldn't attack, not yet, they were still awake. He decided to try and sleep first. Sleep didn't come any easier in the world of darkness. He had to run himself until he felt like he was going to die before he could ever get any rest. He closed his eyes outside of his makeshift tent and opened them in a vast world of white. Bright white light as far as he could see in any direction. Hello? His voice echoed out into the infinite distance. He was all alone. Until he turned around. Hello, Grayson. In front of him stood Garen Abernathy, all grown up. He was a handsome, knightly-looking man around the age of 30. He shared little of Grayson's ruggedness, with chiseled, angular features and short, spiky blonde hair. Grayson stared at him in shock. Garen? But you, you can't be, you're- Dead, yes. The two stared at each other for what seemed like an eternity. He hadn't seen Garen since he left to join the Windborn Paladins in the far north of Egris. He remembered his father being furious that he had chosen them instead of the Golden Knights. Just one more thing he and Garen had in common. It's been a long time, little brother. Grayson looked at him with sad eyes. He felt an uncontrollable urge to start crying, as if his body was acting of its own accord. Too long. After a long silence, Garen finally spoke again. What are you doing here? I... what am I doing here? What are you doing here? I'm not actually here, you know. I'm you. Well... I'm your memory of me. Grayson's wonder faded as he remembered. He was dreaming. It had felt so real. And I don't mean here. He gestured around him. The pale horse emblazoned on the front of his armor was a sharp contrast to his otherwise all-black outfit. I mean here, in the Underdark. In the wilderness. Away from your friends and our sister. What are you doing here, in this camp? I'm... I'm doing what I have to do. You mean you're going to go in and murder all those dark elves? Just like all those other camps? 
Grayson nodded, feeling slightly intimidated by the image of his scolding older brother. Though they might have had a lot in common, Garen looked far more like Abel than any of the other Abernathys except for maybe Vander. Grayson. Garen shook his head slowly. How big a trail of bodies do you have to leave behind before you figure it out? You're the bad guy. Grayson's intimidated face slowly turned into an angry sneer. <laughs> bad guy. Good. Bad. What does it matter? I'm doing what I need to do to protect Gracie. To protect our sister? You call this protecting? Slaughtering drow that have done nothing to you? You don't know that. They could have been in on it. They could... That's called genocide. Call it whatever you want. I have been kicked around by Dark Elves one too many times. You really are a horrible disappointment, you know that? Keziah will punish you. Yeah, well you and that two-headed bitch can judge me all you want from up there on your cloud, but I know what I have to do. I'm not letting some fake memory stop me. Garen would think you're a disappointment too. Stop. You weren't there. Shut up. He died screaming. Shut up! He cowered, he cried, he begged, and you up, weren't shut there! Up, shut up! With a quick strike from Grayson's sword, the image of Garen was cleaved in two. It slowly fell apart, laughing darkly as it dissolved into nothing. <laughs> Grayson awoke on the hard, stony ground. He stood up, wiped the dream away from his eyes, and gathered his things as he set his sights on the now-quiet Demon Brand camp. He snuck into the first of four tents in the Demon Brand camp, where one dark elf slept soundly. He removed his armor at his tent so he could move without being heard. He made his way to the other side of the room and stood over the drow's bed, and, as quietly as he could, drew the jagged piece of metal above his head. He stabbed down hard, straight into the heart. The dark elf didn't make a sound. He waited a moment. There was no noise coming from outside, either. He quickly looked through the things in the tent. He took some money and food off of the table and shoved it into his pack before continuing to the second one, with two sleeping dark elves. He slid quietly through the darkness, maneuvering around the first dark elf and quietly snapping his neck. The other drow stirred slightly, but didn't wake. He drew his makeshift blade again and cut the second one's throat. Again, no noise outside. By his earlier count, there were five drow remaining. He slipped into the third, next largest tent. There was only one drow inside. He was different than the others. His tent was large and more ornately decorated than the previous two and on the wall was the large mounted head of an orc. It had to be the clan leader. He crept towards the back of the room where the leader slept, passing a table that quickly caught his eye. A familiar black lantern and dark crystal sat on top of the table. Grayson stared at it in amazement. He had only ever seen one black lantern, and it had been squared away in Jamenko's most highly guarded wizard vault. After Drain had broken it, he thought that the chance to get Jamenko back had been lost forever. He reached out to touch it, just to make sure that it was real. At least he would finally be able to do something right. He'd be able to bring Jermanko back. That's when he heard the sound of a dagger being unsheathed. He rolled around, seeing the nimble drow charging at him. He swung wildly at the dark elf, who effortlessly danced circles around him. It let out a primal screech, surely meant to awaken his brethren. Fortunately for Grayson, the drow's dagger was little match for a weapon with reach. As the drow moved in to make a fatal blow... The jagged blade rammed through his slight frame and he collapsed in a heap on the ground. Grayson quickly stepped outside to see the four remaining elves from the largest tent, all brandishing pikes and heading straight at him. They all surrounded him and relentlessly stabbed at the air, each attack narrowly missing Grayson's armorless body. Grayson swung widely, clipping one of the drow in the stomach who dropped to his knees, 
his insides spilling out onto the ground. One of the musicians that Grayson had recognized from earlier, Lagos, grazed his right shoulder with his pike. Grayson retaliated by rolling in front of him and striking, but Lagos moved deftly out of the way. The blow, however, hit a different target. The other drow that Grayson hadn't seen before had been stabbed directly in the throat. He gasped manically and collapsed. Upon seeing the death of two more dark elves, Lagos and the other musician from earlier, Ashla, threw down their pikes and fell to their knees in surrender. Wait, please, don't kill us! We're not warriors! We're just entertainers! We can barely fight! We're just meant to keep morale up! Grayson gestured for them to lay down on the ground, which they did with little resistance. He bound their hands and feet before returning to the leader's tent to retrieve the black lantern and dark crystal. He walked back out to find them still lying flat on the ground. Honestly, he had expected them to try to run. Where did you find these? He held up the two magical objects. Lagos stared at them with a guilty look on his face. In some ruins, very far from here, very long ago, please. You found them down here? Lagos remained silent. Grayson waved his sword menacingly at him. Okay, listen, we didn't find them. They've been in the Demon Brand clan for generations. I don't know who found them or where. Please, just don't kill us. We'll tell you whatever you want to know, right, Ashla? Ashla nodded sincerely. Yeah, we promise. Grayson looked at the lantern and then back to them. How do I use this? How do I open the portal? Grayson remembered that Drain had known how to operate the Black Lantern. At least he said that he did, but that was before he smashed it. Before he tried to kill him. He knew precious little about the ritual itself. It requires a sacrifice. The crystal acts as a catalyst. You have to put the crystal, the blood of a sacrifice, and a piece of the caster in the lantern. Only then will it open the portal. A piece of the caster. What do you mean by that? Like a part of you. Like a body part. Grayson took the top off of the lantern, putting the crystal inside. He drew his blade and advanced on Ashla. Wait, please, no! He sliced deep, and blood poured from Ashla's neck, filling the lantern nearly to the top. Lagos screamed and sobbed as he watched. Grayson sheathed the metal and pulled out his dagger. He stared momentarily at his left hand, then he quickly and ferociously sawed through the pinky. <laughs> it didn't take long to cut all the way through. He bandaged up the wound and dropped the finger into the lantern. The lantern began to glow a bright shade of red, bubbling and shaking. Then it stopped. There was no portal, no anything. He walked over and picked up the lantern, which fell to dust in his hands, sending Ashla's blood all over him. He turned angrily to Lagos. Why didn't it work? Lagos was crying, staring at the body of his fallen friend. It has to be someone pure. Someone completely innocent, like a, a child or an animal. Dark magic always comes at a price. Always. Grayson, in a fury, stabbed Lagos repeatedly with the dagger until he stopped moving. He had failed. He couldn't bring Jamaico back. He started to wonder if what Garen had said was right. Maybe he wasn't protecting the others. Maybe, maybe they didn't even need protecting. He stumbled away from the campsite, bloodied from head to toe. He walked in one direction until he couldn't anymore. Until everything went black. And then, everything went white. He found himself again in the endless bright void. He looked around and yet again, he saw Garen. You see, Grayson? 
All you are is a murderer. Grayson stood, staring at Garen in silence. All you can do is kill. You should at least make your last victim yourself. Come on. It'd be so easy. Grayson felt for his sheath on his back as he flung out his sword, pulling it up to his throat. Just let it go. No one will miss you. No one will mourn you. Grayson's trembling hand brought the blade closer to his neck. Garen was right. He would never have to worry about disappointing anyone ever again. No protecting anyone. No failing. No losing anymore. No anything anymore. It sounded so nice. Shh. There you go. He prepared to cut. And then, suddenly, Grayson dropped his blade. No. The world would be such a better place without you. That's probably true. But I'm not going to make it easy for you. You really are pathetic. Can't even kill yourself, right? You're a lost cause, little brother. Grayson stared directly into his brother's eyes. I know. your element here what can i do for you what is that (laughs) (laughs) okay try again gotta wet my whistle i never did like those (laughs) that was too much that was too high